Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 126 of WrestleLife Radio. My name is Matt Sin, also known as WrestleLife Matt, and I'm here with my little brother Micah. Say hi, Micah. Say hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. Okay, see? It's not see that how hard. easy it is? Yeah. It's, it's so simple. If you, if I would have just taught you this 20 years ago. All right, and moving on. <laughs> Today is August 26, 2020, and we're here to tell you about this day in wrestling history 29 years ago today SummerSlam the match made in heaven slash the match made in hell was the wedding of the macho man Randy Savage oh yeah and Miss Elizabeth hmm. and at the time apparently the two had been married for like seven years so uh, I don't like think they, they were... actually had a wedding though so I think this was like their first wedding oh really that's interesting yeah, I, I yeah, may they, be making that up, but they were um, sounds right. Literally, already like in the process of getting a divorce, so this must have been very uncomfortable for them. Uh, this is also the final appearance of Ultimate Warrior until WrestleMania Eight, because that is when he was holding out for more money and he got suspended. So there you go. Yeah, looking back, I don't think Ultimate Warrior is one to be. Uh, I, mean, I know that like people liked him because he shook the ropes and everything, but not really a guy to be uh, venturing for more money. No. He wouldn't have a job in wrestling today, is all I'm saying. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. But he was, at the time, you didn't have to be an amazing in-ring worker. You just had to be able to connect to the crowd, and he was able to do that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he was uh, the second biggest star in WWF behind Hulk Hogan, so I can understand where he came from. Is he from. bigger than Macho Man? Yes. Hmm. At the time, for a brief time, yes, he was. It didn't hold out for very long, just like him in the ring. <laughs> Oh my gosh, we have a lot to go over. This is going to be a super show. We are going to discuss SummerSlam, Raw, AEW Dynamite. We're briefly going to discuss TakeOver 30. And we're actually going to talk a little bit about Payback because I'm not going to lie to you, there's a 0% chance we're doing a whole episode on that mess. There's a 0% chance I'm watching it. Yeah. You know why? Because I watched Raw this week. That's why. (laughs) 1.9 million viewers, by the way. Pretty good. Yeah, not terrible. Yeah. So let's uh, let's move it. Let's let's do AEW Dynamite first. Let's get to the Saturday shows. Okay. Um, and Dynamite was the very first one. Saturday we'll Night Dynamite. Yep. Let's now I will admit the first thirty minutes of the show were a little weird. Um, it looked like basketball, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Uh, a lot of squeaking going on in the court. Uh, a lot of hoops and shots and such. Um, timeouts. But uh, I mean, overall, got to say, probably still better than WWE programming. Yeah, so, I get that. I get yeah. that. Dynamite was stuck back probably 30 minutes, maybe 45 yeah. minutes at the most. Yeah. Um, because the NBA game did run long because it was like five minutes of game time, which you know equates to an hour. Especially the uh, last five minutes. Yeah. Um, I don't even remember who won. Was it Was it the, the, the team? I have absolutely no idea. I only had I don't know. Were, because of, they, I wanted to watch TNT. Uh, Red, maybe? BW. I don't know. You don't care. You're <laughs> here for wrestling. Uh, <laughs> but it did. it did run a little long. But it did not mean that Dynamite got cut short. They did get a full two hours, which was nice. But they didn't act like it because you turned on the show and boom, FTR and Private Party in the ring, ready to go. Tony Schiavone's like, let's get started, bell rings. I mean, yeah. they did not waste any time. They're like, all right, we've got a million or so captive viewers. Let's give them something to watch. AEW did start at about a million viewers uh, running over from the NBA game. It did drop a little from there. But they did have a really good rating considering – Everything going on. I mean, they were moved. They're combating uh, NBA Finals games. 
So a really big win for TNT and a really big win for AEW there. But yeah, you started out with FTR versus Private Party. The one big thing about this match, Tully Blanchard, ringside. He's got a FTR shirt branded with his name on it and everything. And I guess this kind of explains why FTR did what they did to the Rock and Roll Express. It was uh, in defense of their new manager. Uh, Sean Spears was nowhere to be seen. Hopefully, they don't separate these two. Uh, hopefully, they'll all come together before yeah. it's over with. But it could be like the old days where the manager, the, like all the wrestlers aren't together. The manager just manages different wrestlers. I'd be fine yeah. with that. And you got to think, I mean, as a manager, you're not doing that much work. So, I mean, you right. can wrestle, you can manage more than one wrestler. You'll be right. fine. Uh, Taz is doing it. He's got uh, Ricky Starks and he's also got uh, Brian Cage. So yep. that's fine. But yeah, FTR managed to win this match with the Goodnight Express. I wouldn't expect any less. Uh, there was an interesting exchange during the match where uh, one of the FTR guys, I, I still, I don't know their names. I mean, I know their names. I just don't know which is which. I mean, they're, they're FTR. So uh, Cash Cash, <clears throat> Cash is the one with the hair. Okay. And Dax is the one without the hair. All right. I'm not going to remember that by the time the show's finished. Cash Wheeler, Dax Harwood. Yeah. Okay. Still not going to remember. <laughs> they're too close. They're dumb names. Okay. Warren Anderson looking one, Tully Blanchard looking one. We'll call him that from now on. <laughs> Okie dokie. Uh, the bald one looks a lot like Arn Anderson to me. Uh, All right. any, anyways, I don't know if that's that may be me alone. But yeah, so one of them is on the ground outside the ring. One of them's up on the rope holding the tag rope, and they make the tag. And they're all about the tag rope and all about the rules and blah, blah, blah. But uh, Aubrey's like, no, that's not a tag. That doesn't count. And I'm like, hold on. Is an AEW referee upholding the rules? <laughs> because I saw that and I was like, wait, that's not a tag. He's outside the ring. That doesn't count. And Aubrey was like, you know what, Micah, you're right. That's not a tag. We're going to start enforcing the rules. And yeah, they had a whole spat. And uh, FTR member number two was like, you know what, you're right. I was wrong. I was wrong. And he used this as a distraction so the other one could do some heel stuff. So FTR definitely officially heals now, uh, which I'm glad to see. Uh, we'll be pushing forward. Uh, we'll discuss a little later in the show, but going towards All Out. I mean, let's, let's be honest. We're gonna we're gonna see uh, Kenny and Hangman versus FTR. That's it's gonna happen. Okay. Uh, if not, I will be very surprised. Uh, after that match, we had John Moxley cutting a backstage promo, and man, John Moxley needs to teach a class on how to cut a promo. He's so good. In the same promo, he built MJF up and also called him a virgin who lives in his mom's basement. I mean, he did? Yep. He, he basically was building up saying, you're the future of AEW. We know you're great. You're going to have a fantastic career going ahead. But you're a terrible person. You're not going to win this match. I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to make you cry, blah, blah, blah. It was fantastic promo. Uh, had a lot of Heath Ledger Joker vibes in this promo coming off of Moxley uh, in the way he delivered everything, which I think he kind of maybe takes a little bit of a uh, reference from. I can okay. I can see through his promo work. But yeah, just, just a great, great promo. And speaking of which, probably, I mean, it's safe to say, my favorite thing in wrestling for the week, MJF's State of Wrestling Address. Yep. Wow. He's so, so good. Like, Carol and I were watching this with our mouths open. He, he's absolutely incredible. Like he's so good. And Carol, who studied acting a little bit in college, 
pointed out how many different emotions that he drew from in this promo. It's incredible. And also the girl, I can't remember her name, was smiling yes. the entire time. Lauren, it was maybe? I don't know. Yeah, 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 she's like smiling menacingly in the background. I even pointed it out to people I was watching. Like, look, look at the girl in the background. She's, <laughs> she's doing what he said. She's listening. Uh, but yeah, like, and not only MJF, the guy they had in there, um, what is his name? I, I knew his name. I've forgotten it. I apologize. But he's got his lawyer in there with him. Mark because basically, Sterling. Mark Sterling, that's right. Smart Mark Sterling. That's his, that's yeah. his gimmick. Uh, he's a wrestler. He's friends with Zack Ryder, apparently, or uh, Matt Cardona, as he's now known. He did a fantastic job. But MJF, he's standing there, and he's got his neck brace on. Uh, I'm, I'm, he, I guess he's like leaning up against the podium. He's saying that he's never going to get to play with his kids, and they're going to be like, Papa, Papa, play with us. And he's going to say, No, kids, I'm sorry, I can't because. Because Dictator John took that away from you with his paradigm shift. They start to go on about how dangerous and deadly the move is. And then smart Mark Sterling comes in. And uh, he's, he's, he's playing MJF's lawyer. And he cuts a promo. It, it's, it's fantastic because MJF is pulling a face, a baby face promo. And you have this other guy in there, Mark Sterling, who is playing this lawyer and is able to get the heat back for MJF. It's yeah. It was expertly crafted. Really good. Uh, basically, so good. it all comes down to, in at All Out, they want to ban the use of the paradigm shift. I've, this, I've seen this before in wrestling, uh, where they have a contract shining going to a big match, like, oh, you can't use this. Man, it was some submission move I saw it on. I was like, maybe Kurt Angle couldn't use the ankle lock or something like that. Uh, but it, I've definitely seen it before in wrestling. I personally like the idea. Because you know what's going to happen if Moxley can't paradigm shift? MJF's going to get choked out. Yeah, it's coming. 100%. It's coming. But yeah, uh, he's saying that they're saying that MJ or that uh, Moxley should have no problem winning a little one little match without just just a small move. I mean, they, they can do it, right? So we're going to have a contract signing next week. MJF's probably going to go through a table. I uh, can't wait. Looking forward to it. After that, we had my least favorite thing, uh, which is an eight man tag match. I just, I've said it before, I don't like them. There's, there's too much going on. Uh, it was the Lucha Brothers and the Butcher and the Blade versus the Natural Nightmares and Jurassic Express. It was just an okay match. I mean, would you agree? It was just, it was just kind of there. Uh, I like the big matches, and I, I enjoyed it. I mean, you know, it's good. It's a spot fest, though, so it just depends if you like those kind of matches or not. Yeah, they're not, they're not totally for me. Um, it ended up with, uh, I think it was... Pentagon was on the top rope, and the Blade was in the bottom rope, and they were trying to set up a double-team finisher to uh, pin Jungle Boy. And you had uh, Pentagon was trying to signal for Blade to do his, uh, the Lucha Brothers double-team move, and Blade was trying to do the Blitzer and the Blades double-team move. There was a miscommunication, and that led to a schoolboy roll-up by Jungle Boy and the Jurassic Express and Natural Nightmares managed to win the match. After the match, the heels are pushing each other. They're, they're fighting, uh, bickering. And who comes out but Eddie Kingston? We haven't seen him since he's been signed, and I guess they finally got a uh, an angle for him. Yep. He cuts a great promo. Man, this was the night of promos. Yep. I mean, honestly... Of all the Dynamites, this probably had the best promos all put together of any of them. I don't know that I didn't enjoy any of the promos. 
Yeah, I mean, they're all great. None of the matches, I mean, honestly, when I was looking at the card, I wasn't super excited for this card. None of these matches were bad. Not a single match on the card was bad. Um, there were some that were just, like this eight-man tag. It's just not my thing, but it wasn't a bad match. But uh, this Eddie Kingston promo, he comes out and he's talking about the indies and all that. He's saying that Pentagon, Ray Phoenix, Butcher and the Blade, they're some of the best out there. Uh, one of the lines he said that they paid their dues and the only due left to do is death. Uh, and that was really cool. He said it better than I did. Uh, but yeah, so they basically all end up, they all make up. They're all embracing. They've got a new stable form now, led up by Eddie Kingston, it would appear. And Eddie Kingston like looks at the camera, smiles, and winks. And that was the end of that. It's just super yeah. cool. Also, it he had half a so shirt good. on. I don't yeah. know what the deal was with that. I don't either, but it doesn't matter. It was so good. It was distracting. Yeah. He's so talented. Yeah. I'm a big fan of his already. This is only the second time I've seen him. I can only imagine where this is going to go. I will admit, I didn't like the ending of the match with the distraction roll-up finish because that's a very WWE thing to do. And, like, I don't want to give AEW a hard time because they don't do it very often. Like, that's – I legitimately don't remember the last time I saw it on an AEW show. But I see it three times a week on WWE television. So – yeah. I don't want to see it. They've it, done it, it more recently. Uh, Cassidy beat Jericho with the roll-up. Uh, yeah, but it say... wasn't like a distraction finish. Like, that was a distraction yeah. into a roll-up, and I don't like that. Yeah, but um, no DQs this, this uh, or ever, really. So yeah. there's that to, to go forward to. We'll talk about Raw a little bit later. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Kingston. I thought this segment was great. Anytime he's got the mic, it always ends up great. Yeah. So... Excited to see. I also did hear, so this was pre-taped. I also heard that uh, Eddie Kingston mentioned Rey Mysterio by name when talking about uh, Rey Phoenix in the original taping, and they had to cut that. I assume it's because Rey Mysterio's name is trademarked, but, I mean, he used the Rey Mysterio name at all in, so. I don't know, maybe it was just a thing of being petty because he didn't sign with him. Maybe Rey Mysterio's trademarked it himself, not the WWE. Or maybe they just didn't want a WWE <clears throat> star's name mentioned. Because, like, if you notice when they were talking about Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy, they were they said multiple times Matt Hardy and his brother. And they would say the Hardy Boys, but they didn't say Jeff by name. It's true. Yeah, they'll say his brother Jeff. Yeah. Or, or something like that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, maybe it's just they don't want to – maybe they don't want to give publicity to the uh, opposition. Yeah, which is fine. It's fine, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's actually the whole thing, time I was thinking. He was saying that Ray Phoenix is the best luchador in the world. And I was like, oh, you can mention Ray Mysterio. And I guess he did, but it didn't work out. Anyways, we go backstage, and Dr. Britt Baker and Rebel are there. Uh, AEW's only dentist, Dr. Britt Baker. Uh, they pan over to Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford, and they're making out, as they do. Um, like right there next to him. I don't know what's... They're like in a gym, I guess. Little... Odd situation, and Britt Baker basically says, "Hey, don't uh, don't keep doing that because your mouth's gonna rot off." So you heard it here first, kids. If you make out with women, your mouth's gonna rot off. That's what she said. Yeah, pretty much. So don't do it. It's gross. After that, Tony Schiavone has Orange Cassidy in the ring. This is Orange Cassidy's first in-ring interview. And uh, can you guess how many words Orange Cassidy said in this interview? I believe it was zero. It was zero. It was yep. zero words. Uh, Cassidy is in the ring. Uh, Tony Schiavone asks him something. I don't remember what it is. No, doesn't matter. He doesn't answer because out comes Chris Jericho. Wouldn't you know it? And I'll be honest with you, 
Jericho seemed pretty different this week in his character. He came out. He's got a little bit of the bubbly. And uh, a little bit of the bubbly's already been drank, it appears. Uh, he's got, like, jeans on and, like, a blazer. It's a real weird combination. I guess he's going for the uh, hangman gimmick now, gimmick infringement. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, he comes out. He's he's apologetic towards Orange Cassidy. He uh, he basically says that, you know, he, he admits Orange Cassidy got the better of him. He congratulates him. But uh, it does appear... Now Orange Cassidy has got one win, and Jericho's got one win, which is not true because Orange Cassidy won that debate. So Orange Cassidy is over two to one. Just saying. And he says it's only fitting that they have a rubber match to determine who the better man really is. And he goes on to mention how he invented the Money in the Bank match, the Stadium Stampede, and he's got a brand new one designed specifically for freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy. He says, Orange Cassidy, you like orange juice? I like a little bit of the bubbly. And then they cut to a little vignette. Folks, we're going to have the first ever Mimosa Mayhem match. What is that, you may be asking? I don't know. They showed it. <laughs> I still don't know. So I guess it can be won by pinfall or submission, just like a regular match. But also by throwing someone in a vat of orange juice and alcohol? That is what I saw. So... On paper, this sounds really dumb, but I, I, I'm i not going to knock it until we see it. So we will see how this turns out. What are your thoughts on the Mimosa Mayhem? I will tell you exactly what I tweeted. Hmm, what did I you specifically tweet? said, if this was anyone other than Chris Jericho, I would be skeptical. But everything he touches is fantastic, so I have an open mind. There you That's go. True. We will, we will see. Hopefully Jericho ups his cardio a little bit since their last match and puts on a better performance because, as I said, you weren't on the show, but I thought that match was bad. So maybe the, uh, maybe the orange juice bath will cool him down in that Florida heat. <laughs> we'll see. <clears throat> and after that, we have the Dark Order. Not the real Dark Order. It's uh, John Silver, Alex Reynolds, and Alan Angels, now known as 3, 4, and 5. That's dumb. I don't like it. I do think it's cool how they call them Allen Five Angels, not just five now. Yeah. But, like, Alex Reynolds and John Silver didn't have numbers, but now they do. I'm pretty sure there were other three and four at one point. Um, they've got gear now that has the numbers on them that's kind of cool, like Alex Reynolds, but the E is a three. John Silver, but the 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 IL is like a three, a four. It is, that doesn't make much sense, but I don't know. It Maybe it's nitpicking. I think it's kind of dumb. They should just have names. Uh, but yeah, this match I had really low expectations of, to be honest with you. thought it was going to be pretty much a squash, but this was a really good match. Yes, it was. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Alan Angels continuously impresses me yep. uh, with his ring work. Nick Jackson is ridiculous. Of course, all of the elite, some of the best in the world. John Silver and Alex Reynolds really surprised me. I mean, most of the stuff we've seen them in has been just okay. Yeah, but this whole match was really good, and and to be honest with you, as a tag team, they all really seem to sync up well together. So maybe they'll actually keep these guys together as a trios team for the Dark Order. I would be I okay with that. It. Yeah, but yeah, it all boiled down to Kenny Omega hit the one winged angel, and when Kenny Omega hits the one winged angel, Kenny Omega gets the three count. That's what happened. Yep. 
He gets the three count on, I believe it was Allen Angels. And uh, we get a little bit of the cleaner coming in. He uh, he goes outside the ring. He gets a chair. And I'm like, oh, he's going to beat him with a chair. That's fun. I like that. Let's do that some more. And no, he decides he wants to murder this man. He puts the chair, he like folds the chair out, flips it upside down so the legs are sticking up, and goes to powerbomb Alan Angels onto the four legs of the chair, which I'm pretty sure would kill him. Yep. Uh, Matt Jackson kicks it out of the way and is like, whoa, what are you doing, man? What's going on? And then him and Kenny get into a little bit of a spat, and Kenny's like, I want to kill him. I want to kill him. I want to kill him. He does his thing, his super villain thing. Uh, yeah. So uh, Kenny's going crazy. I really – so, like, I'm I'm glad – I would like to see Kenny as a heel. I think he's a better heel, personally, from what I've seen. Okay. He's entertaining as a heel. Uh, but <clears throat> we don't really know why. Like, why is any of this happening? Is it, a, is it a Matt Hardy thing where he's just snapping? Is it something else? I don't know. I would, I would like it if – I'm sure it will be. But I need some explanation as to why he's turning heel. The hangman thing – you know, he never did turn heel, but if he would have, we had plenty of explanation. Right. Uh, but with Kenny, it's just kind of a, a switch they're flipping, which I don't know a whole lot about the cleaner character. Maybe that's what it is. Um, but yeah, I would like a little bit more explanation going into that. Uh, after that, we have a backstage segment, which was, again, just fantastic. I mean, there was so much wrapped together in this. Uh, you had FTR and Tully Blanchard being interviewed by... Alex Marvez, and uh, he's interviewing him. He's basically like, hey, man, what's uh, what's going on with uh, Tully over here? Tully explains that he's there to get gold around their waist. You know, they have what they say is the best tag team in the world here with, uh, with FTR. They have the best tag team in the world with, with the Young Bucks. The only people that are the best are the ones with the gold around their waist. And... They kind of explain what happened last week in the ring, and in comes right. Hangman. He's drinking, as you do, and uh, he's like, hey, man, what the heck? What's what's going on? Why did you attack that old guy? Or those old guys, he said. <laughs> like, why did you attack those old guys last week? And he's like, oh, Hangman, that had nothing to do with you. That had nothing to do with you. And they, they calm Hangman down, and uh, they they give him beers. Like, you know, you're running a little low. Let me give you, let me give you another one. They give him a fresh beer. Uh, not, not real good friends, if we're being honest, giving beer to an alcoholic, whatever. Right. Uh, <clears throat> and they're basically calming him down like, hey man, we're just, we're just here. We're here for you. You know, we're, we're, we're friends. We're good. What they failed to mention to Hangman is earlier there was a, uh, announcement for a gauntlet match next week, which I'm jealous that you'll be there because I love gauntlet matches. Yep. Me too. Um, so that's lame, but whatever. That's what I get for living in Alabama. Yep. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Matt, we'll be there next week. Live at AEW their, Dynamite. Row their, 5, baby. Row 5. Their first social distance show. So mm-hmm. uh, that sucks. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> now, hopefully they will have All Out because we will be in Jacksonville at All Out. And I'll tell you what, I will pay a lot of money to be at All Out. I'll tell you what, I, I would. Uh, but yeah, gauntlet match. It's going to be the top five teams, the tag team division, which is a great idea. They're going to have these div- uh, rankings. What a perfect way to utilize them. They've got, I think it's the best friends, FTR, the Young Bucks. Uh, is Private Party still in the top five? The Natural Nightmares. Natural Nightmares. Yeah, they're like they're going to win. 
Uh, <clears throat> watch, now they're going to win, now that I said that. <laughs> and, uh, shoot, who is it? It's not Jurassic Express, they fell off. No, it's just it's the top four. Is it the top four? Okay, yeah. so number five's job went out. I guess because right. they, they beat Private Party earlier in the night, they were number five. That makes sense, it explains that match. Um, but yeah, so he's like, yeah, you know, you got this gauntlet match coming up. He's talking to Hangman. He's like, and you know, you could, you could be facing the Young Bucks. And I know that like a lot of your self-worth is in the fact that you beat the Young Bucks. It would be really terrible if the Young Bucks won this gauntlet match yep. and then came back to beat you, wouldn't it, Hangman? And Hangman's like, yeah, yeah, it would. So basically they're planting the seeds of Hangman might screw with the uh, Young Bucks and make them lose the gauntlet match. Yeah, it's entirely possible. And they didn't even sing, like, not a single time did they mention, oh, we're also in the gauntlet match, by the way. Yeah. Uh, just to let you know. Well, they did say something like, the best thing that would happen for you is if, you know, you wrestled us. So they, they did. Did they? Okay. Uh, they didn't, like, point it out specifically, like, we're in it. But they did casually mention that, you know, the best thing to happen would be for them to wrestle FTR. Because, you know, we're all, we're all friends, man. Yeah, sure. Hangman, uh, Kenny's going to kill them. I feel yeah. like that's just going to happen. Uh, I think the best thing that could happen out of this, FTR take the titles off of Hangman and Kenny, and Kenny just go crazy and start hitting him with chairs. I really want to see somebody get hit with a chair. You don't see that anymore. I mean, <laughs> it's not like it's dangerous. I mean, just ask Cody and Sean Spears. Right. Yeah. No big deal. Uh, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> or, or Matt Hardy, for that matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but that's that, that was a really good little segment. It had a lot wrapped in it. After that, we had a Darby Allen squash match. Uh, and you may think, Darby Allen squash match, who's he getting squashed with? Uh, well, he's actually squashing like a 6'4", 300-pound man. So that was the thing. Yeah. It wasn't so much a squash match. I mean, Darby came out of it honestly half dead, as you should, because this is a giant man he's facing. It's Will Hobbs. He's been on Dark a lot lately. I'm really impressed with him, actually. Yeah, he's good. Um, really good, good uh, like, big show-style character. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Darby Allen won with the coffin drop. That's all there really is to say about that. This whole match was just for this segment. Taz is on commentary this week, and he gets on the mic, and he's like, yo, yo, Dobby, because he calls him Dobby. Dobby. That's that's Taz. And he says, you know what? We've got our own Darby now on our team. And you're like, I'm thinking, like, is there like an indie wrestler named yeah, like something else? Like, what <laughs> what is happening here? What's going on? And then Darby Allen's theme music hits, and I'm like, oh, I can see where this is going now. <laughs> so out comes Ricky Starks dressed up like Darby Allen. He's got his face covered with a skateboard, but he's got it, and he lowers it down. He's got his face painted. He's got emo written across his chest. It's the best thing I've ever seen. He cuts a promo, and man, Ricky Starks, again, these promo nights are just killing it. He, he has the line of the night. So good on the mic. Yeah, he really did. He's speaking like monotone and softly and, and talking about how sad he is and all that. And man, Stark, he's so good. He's taunting Allen, and, and Darby's just, just fuming in the ring. <laughs> and he's he cuts the line of the night. Which I don't know if you've seen it. My wife hadn't seen it. She didn't get it. I had to show her the video. And then really? She, oh boy. She she burst out laughing, and it was, I like turtles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the online video. There's this kid in like a carnival, and he's got his face painted up uh, like a zombie. And they ask the kid something, and he's just like, I like turtles. And that's it. Mm-hmm. That's the whole meme. 
I never put the connection together, but Darby Allen looks like the I Like Turtles kid. And Ricky Starks says... <laughs> I like turtles. <laughs> no, he said there are two things I like in this world. Skateboarding and turtles. <laughs> this is so good. Oh, man. So Fantastic. Uh, I assume that Darby and Ricky will be at All Out. I would be all for that match. That will be a fantastic match. Yeah. Uh, after that, during the commercial break, Sammy Guevara is doing his cue card thing. And uh, we've got uh, some problems with his cue cards. He's, he's pulling them out, and they're all of a sudden they're like red. He's not looking. He's just pulling them out. And it talks about how Sammy Guevara is going to be rendered obsolete. Out comes Matt Hardy. This all happened during a commercial picture-in-picture break. Yeah. Um, they're really using the two hours they had allotted, like, super tight. And they had a lot to pack in this show. And Hardy basically just destroys Guevara. He throws him off the entrance stage. He threw a table. Uh, they pull him off of Guevara. And, yeah, we're actually getting Hardy versus Guevara next week. So you'll get to see that again. That's great. Totally jealous. I really thought that would be an all-out match, but it seems like they've got a packed card for all-out. And I'll be honest, I'm okay if Matt Hardy doesn't wrestle at all-out. Yeah. I like Matt Hardy, but he's not going to be matching the night. But I am excited to see him wrestle Guevara. Yeah. Hopefully to see Guevara go over. We will Agreed. We will see. Uh, after that, we have the Deadly Draw Finals for the women's tag teams. The Nightmare Sisters versus Ivelisse and Diamante. And I'll be honest with you, I think we have some apologizing to do. Yes, we do. Uh, Ivelisse and Diamante won. They absolutely did. And I'll be honest, it was a good match. It was a very good match. It was... It was a very good match. Um, <clears throat> I'll be honest, I don't really remember a whole lot that happened during the match, but I do remember it being good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they went over. I think Allie ate the pin, which some people were complaining about. Oh, Brandy can't even eat the pin. Oh, just wait. Just wait. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, excited to see Diamante and Ivelisse win this. Uh, they Afterwards, they're going up to the cup and they get like roses or something, which is kind of stupid, but and they, they like tore the up the roses and yeah. threw them on the ground. Because they're not a part of your system. And uh, yeah, Medusa's there to present the cup. And they hold up their flags and they're all excited. So yeah, I'm I'm glad to see them win. Honestly, I've been impressed by this tag team cup. I didn't think it was going to be much, but we saw some pretty good wrestling. We sure did and got to see Um, some new female wrestlers as well, which is a lot of fun. Got Shaw Guerrero, Eddie Guerrero and Vicky Guerrero's daughter on Mm -hmm. uh, announcing, which is pretty cool. Uh, and also, uh, I think it's Veda Scott, uh, was able to commentate this match with the rest yeah. of the group and I really great. enjoy her. Uh, yeah. if, I mean, they don't really have room in the commentary desk, but man, if they ever need somebody, she'd be the first person I called. Yeah. But yeah, so that was, that was really good. And, uh, now I think we need to talk about what might be one of my favorite angles in wrestling for a very long time. Yeah. And that is Brody Lee versus Cody. Okay. So we went into this, and we were ready to get hurt again, basically, if, if we're being honest. We thought this was going to be Cody versus Lance Archer again. It was going to be some shenanigans. Yep. I thought maybe even Cody would get a DQ so he could retain until All Out. That's not what happened. Uh, I'm going to go over this entire match. Watch me. Okay. The match opens up. Cody unleashes on Brody Lee into the corner. Brody Lee throws him off. Brody Lee hits Cody. 
and he hits Cody. He throws Cody outside the ring, throws him over the barricade. He hits him some more. He hits him some more. He slams him. He slams him. He pins him, and he wins. That was the whole match. The match lasted like three minutes and 24 seconds. Cody got three punches in, and Brody Lee got everything else. It was ridiculous. I was anyone out there saying that Cody Rhodes is the new Triple H, that is very incorrect. That's totally incorrect. Triple H didn't, he did not, uh, he didn't go, he didn't put Goldberg over. So, or Brock Lesnar. So there you go. Um, so I have to apologize to Cody. I've said some terrible things about you in the past, Cody. I meant those things when I said them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this you, you won me over with this segment. You, you played Darby Allen. You were a crash test dummy. And you made one of my favorite segments in recent history. So good. Uh, they, <clears throat> so, I, like, when, whenever this happened, like, we're just kind of watching, like, okay, I'm waiting for shenanigans to happen, right? This is, I'm, I'm waiting for it. So I'm watching, I'm like, okay, he's going to powerbomb him. And, oh, he's going to, he's going to powerbomb, okay, he's going to reverse that. Oh, nope, he, he looks dead. What is happening right now? And he pins him, and I'm like, hold on, I've got to rewind that. That didn't just happen. So he rewound it. Yeah, Cody was just dead, and it didn't stop there. The Dark Order members, they all come out. They fill up the ring. They're celebrating as Mr. Brody Lee poses with the newly designed final version of the TNT Championship. Tony Schiavone enters the ring to interview Brody Lee. He takes the mic. He talks about being held down for so long, and he says now he's going to be a problem for AEW. I mean, and the whole time he's talking, Cody's being loaded onto a stretcher on the other side of the ring. And the camera angle is perfect because you can see Brody cutting this fantastic promo and Cody being loaded in to a stretcher where he's like struggling to, to move. They're loaded out of the entrance tunnel. Arn Anderson turns around and he notices that all the Dark Order members are lined up on the entrance ramp in front of him. And Arn Anderson's like, well, I guess we're going to go. He puts up his dukes. And it didn't work. Uh, he's quickly dispatched. Um, yeah, so FTR aren't the only one that can beat up an old man. Uh, Dark yep. Order can do that too. Brody Lee then grabs the stretcher, throws Cody off of it. Cody's wearing a neck brace at this point and an oxygen mask. Yep. His arm is clutched to his body. We're watching a man get murdered on live TV. Basically. Uh I mean, you want to talk about like retribution? What WWE is trying to do, which is awful. oh, oh my god, this is—he's like. So I saw a good comparison. It's like Batman and Bane, yeah, in that storyline, and Brody Lee is Bane, and he's just killed Batman. Yeah, he's broken his back. Cody's laid out. Out comes Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall. They're getting shoved out by more Dark Order members. Yep. And they're immediately killed. They're 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 knocked out on the stage. They're done. Yeah. I think the they were trying to show that they had already been attacked. Yeah, like they were already they were already like they were thrown out there. They didn't come out to Cody's aid. They right. were beaten up backstage and then drawn out. And then out comes Brandy. I'm like, okay, well, this is it. Nope, think again. Anna Jay is out there, and Stu Grayson like whispers in her ear. And Brandy is there, like, trying to defend Cody from Brody Lee, knowing that he surely won't hit a woman. 
And Birdie Lee kind of like steps back, and Anna Jay chokes out Brandy Rhodes. Yep. Wow, we were wrong. Yep. What? This is the best ending segment to a wrestling show, (laughs) possibly of all time. That's not true, but I'm going to say it anyways. I really enjoyed it. This was fantastic. This was really good. It was terrific. And the the best part, which you skipped, was... Last week, Brody Lee said, after I take your title, I'm going to give you the old one back. Well, mm. he atta- he hits Cody with this bag. And I said out loud, why in the world did he hit him with a bag? And then, of course, they make it better because AEW always does. And he opens the bag and pours out the contents. And it is the ripped apart, old, unfinished TNT title. And not only that, on an earlier interview, Cody mentioned smartly, this is all in a script, it's amazing the long-term booking they have. Cody mentioned that he doesn't care how great this new belt looked. The old one holds a special place in his heart, and he's going to keep it on his mantle forever. Yeah. On the road, too, he mentioned that. And then Brody Lee's like, you know what? You want it? Here you go. And that was the actual belt. I mean, it had to be. It looked, I mean, unless they made another one. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. I mean, that's... Great storytelling. Yes, Fantastic. This this episode didn't have the best wrestling of any Dynamite ever, but as far as promos and segments, they did not miss a beat. They knocked it out of the park. Mm-hmm. I think this episode gets an A-plus from me. I think it does. Really? I've only given that to one other episode, and yeah, I, I, there was no fault in the episode. That's, that's the way I determined the yeah. last one. It wasn't like the best episode ever, but there was no fault in it. I cannot think of a single thing that I thought, well, they messed up there. It was all a home run. They used this Saturday night opportunity to put on the best show they possibly could with a card that didn't seem like it was going to impress me, but I was entertained all night. And, uh, yeah, I watched TakeOver afterwards. Dynamite kind of ruined it for me. To be honest, I was was spoiled by Dynamite. And that's, I mean, when you can do that with your two-hour show against the the competitor's number one Mm pay-per-view. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Did so you, I give it an A plus. Did you mention Thunder Rosa and I missed it? I didn't. I did not yeah. mention Thunder Rosa. Just real briefly. Uh, so I mentioned last week and probably the week before how Hikaru Shida has no competitor going into All Out. And I thought that was kind of weird. And Thunder Rosa has been like uh, talking on Twitter about how they need to bring her in. They need to bring her in. Uh, she's been on like messaging on or commenting on Cody and Hikaru Shida's pictures and stuff. And, uh, yeah, we got a promo from Thunder Rosa, the NWA Women's Champion. And she's challenging Hikaru Shida at All Out. And this might be the best women's match in AEW history. Because from what I've seen of Thunder Rosa, she's fantastic. Hikaru Shida is one of the best. It's going to be a banger. And uh, I don't – I would assume that they're not putting the belt up for it. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't think so. Rosa has the NWA Power women's title, so I doubt it'll be a title versus title thing. It'll probably just be a match, and it'll be very good. It will be a very good match. Not a whole lot of story leading into it, but hey, we're getting a great match out of it. It's better than I expected. Yeah, 100%. Um, and she was great on the mic. I don't know if she, they would ever have like a dual, uh, a dual citizenship for her with NWA and AEW, but she'd be a welcome addition. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'll be honest, as many people complain about the AEW women's title and how it looks, the NWA title 
looked like a toy. Um, <laughs> it's probably budget restrictions, but yeah, it looked like it was made out of plastic. So I'm just gonna throw that out there. But yeah, looking forward to that match. That'll be that'll be really good. <laughs> I'm gonna give the show an A just because I I, I think to have an A plus. You have to have one absolute banger of a match. And while all the matches on the show were solid, none of them were amazing. So I can't give it an A+. plus, But I'm going to give it an A because everything about the show was absolutely perfect. No, there's no issues. It was just, I, I, you got to give me one A-plus match. And, and, and Brody Lee and Cody, from a story, storytelling standpoint, was A+. Plus. Yeah. But from an in-ring standpoint, it's it a, it a four-minute squash match. I mean, it was perfect, but it was a four-minute squash match. So... I gotta have one A plus match to give a show an A plus. This was a solid A though, absolutely incredible. Yeah, I I agree. I feel like I'm more inclined to give a show an A plus, but also more inclined to give a show an F. Yeah, so that's true. Maybe I'm a little bit more temperamental than you are. Yeah, I've only given I think two Fs so far. I've actually given AEW some like C pluses here lately. I've been kind of you know lackluster about a couple shows. I've enjoyed them, but uh, they've put on some fantastic shows, and this was definitely one of them. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It was fun. Yeah, we're gonna go over uh, NXT Takeover real quick. We have an absolute boatload of crap to go over, so let's go over Takeover really quickly. Did you did watch Takeover? You said right. I watched most of it. Okay. I skipped some matches because it was late. Okay, so I will tell you the best match of the night of the weekend was Timothy Thatcher versus Finn Balor, and everyone and their mom is gonna disagree with me. But the reason that I liked it is because I love Matt wrestling. Love it. And you never see it anymore. And this was Matt wrestling to a T. It was absolutely perfect. Everything about this match, I was drooling. I loved it. It's great. So uh, we had Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee. No, let's, let's wait on that one because that one was great. Um, I didn't watch the pre-show match. Sorry. Only Lorcan and Danny Burch uh, versus Brizango versus Legato del Fantasma. Legato del Fantasma won. Uh, Finn Balor beat Timothy Thatcher. You had the ladder match, which was pretty solid. There was one spot where Johnny Gargano was going to powerbomb Cameron Grimes, and he nicked the ladder instead of landing on it. And yeah, that looked real better. bad. Yeah, it was terrible. Uh, but that's Johnny Gargano versus Cameron Grimes versus Damian Priest versus uh, Bronson Reed versus Velveteen Dream. Um, we're not going to comment on Velveteen Dream, but, you know, if you know, you know. He was there. He was there. He was there. Whether you believe he should be there or not, that's an entire other story. Uh, Damian Priest won this, and then later in the show, like, he went to a, like, he was, like, in his car, and I think it was Sarah was trying to interview him, and he's like, oh, you gotta come to the party, Sarah, and he gets into a hot tub in the parking lot with some random girl who is probably an indie wrestler that I don't know, and Joey Janela's girlfriend, so, just so you know, uh, Io Shirai versus Dakota Kai. This was not nearly as strong as it should have been. Um, there was one glaring botch spot where Io Shirai was doing some backflips and Dakota Kai did not get out of the way. So she basically tripped her and even the announcers didn't know what to do. It wasn't great. Um, Io Shirai won. She retained. She should have retained. Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee. This was how the most surprised I was of a match of the weekend. Pat McAfee is so good. It's amazing. incredible. This is his first, first big, my first match, right? Yeah, so my, my buddy Cameron is a huge Pat McAfee fan. He's like, yeah, he trained for like two weeks. And I'm like, that's not very No, he much. trained for like three years from what I'm told. Yeah, so yeah, he's been training for a long time. 
Um, and apparently he wants to do this pretty regularly. So we'll see. But yeah, apparently this was not rehearsed. They just went in and did it. And yes, Adam Cole is one of the absolute best in the world. But And, and did he carry Pat McAfee through? Wait, maybe. But the reality is Pat McAfee was darn impressive on his own. I mean, he was absolutely incredible. So Pat McAfee did fantastic at knowing what to do. Like, so he, he did really good at the spots, right? Yeah. Everything he did was really good. He's super athletic. All of the moves were really good. What Adam Cole brought to the table and being so experienced is he brought the story of the match in. He kept the match going along when it needed to go. He made sure Pat wasn't getting lost. That's the expert side of it. Yeah. But Pat McAfee, it did blow me away with how good he did. I, and this promo is awesome too. Like, and I get, he talks to, he talks for a living, but just my gosh, please sign this guy. Like I want to see more of Pat McAfee. And I don't think I'd say that. Did you ever think you'd see a celebrity come in and say, sign them? (laughs) No, I would not. I mean, Stephen Amell was good at all in, but uh, very different, very different thing. So uh, anyway, yes, this match was great. Go watch it. If you haven't, you will be more than pleasantly surprised. It's great. Uh, Keith Lee versus Karrion Cross. Uh, Karrion Cross beat Keith Lee, and Riley was very upset. And I said, "Don't worry, he'll be called up." And then, like six hours later, it's like, "Oh, he's going to be on Raw." I'm like, "Oh, there you go. He's yep. busy." It was like <laughs> next day. Yeah, literally next day. And we're going to talk about that too. I didn't think that match was very good. To put that out there, the Karrion Cross Keith Lee match. It was fine. It was a monster versus monster match, and apparently, about halfway through the match, Karrion Cross separated his shoulder. Yeah. So how are you going to, you know, how you going to complain about him? Yeah. So um, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about Monday Night Raw. But before we do that, we're going to review SummerSlam. And spoiler alert, we were right about every single match save one. Which one was it? If you know, you know. You'll never see it coming. Yeah, except it was majorly predictable. <laughs> we will be right back. This is Aiden Knight, and you are listening to Wrestle Life Radio. Welcome back. Your dreams are your ticket out. Let's welcome back, Carter. Don't scare away all of our fans. Welcome back, Carter, man. Come on. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is part two of our super show, I guess, because we have a bunch of stuff to go over. Uh, so we're going to move directly into SummerSlam. Is it too big for one right now? Yeah, it's... No. It almost was. Um, Apollo Crews and MVP. They had a pre-show match, which is, should have been on Raw. Apollo Crews won. It was go. on Raw. I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I might be mistaken, but my beautiful wife said, wasn't it the two of them that was on the pre-show of the last pay-per-view? I said, I think so. I'm pretty sure. They're pre-show people. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Uh, the show proper opens with Asuka versus Bailey. Uh, Bailey wins, and what's important is at the end of the match, uh, Sasha Banks was getting involved. She jumped up onto the apron. Uh, Asuka attacked her and took a or and Bailey moved out of the way. Asuka attacked, and Sasha took a bullet. And Asuka was like so like focused on this person that she accidentally hit, even though she's also her enemy and she's wrestling her later. Uh, Bailey got a roll-up win. So Sasha took a bullet for her, or as they sold it, uh, that is not the way I took it. I thought Sasha just didn't yeah. move out of the way, but whatever. They, they kind of handled this whole situation poorly. Yep. Yeah. The match was great, though. Yeah. Really good. Um, 
we come back from the break and Dominic's backstage and he's there with his mom and dad. And he says something to his mom, kisses her, she walks away. And Dom's like, listen, Daddy Ray. That's what he said. Is that what he said? I don't remember that at all. I would remember that. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he said, listen, Dad, I really appreciate you, but this is my fight. And I just, I want you to know that no matter what happens, I don't want you to get involved. Because it's a street fight, and of course they're allowed to. And Ray says, it's going to be hard, son, but I give you my word. They hug, and Ray Mysterio just, I, good luck as a dad. All right, buddy. So also you can see where Dominic gets his height from. Yes. His mom is very tall. She is significantly taller than uh, Ray Mysterio. So... Uh, Andrade and Angel Garza wrestled the Street Profits next. The Street Profits, when they came out, garbage rained from the ceiling. Like, actual garbage. It was Red Cups, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. I never want to see it again, though. So, it happened once, and that's all, and I think after the match, too. And that's all that I want to know about. That's it. Please don't have more garbage rain from the ceiling. It was really cool one time. Yeah. I, yeah. I didn't even recognize that it happened, to be honest with you, and I watched the whole show. They zoomed in on it. I probably wasn't paying attention. <laughs> You're on your phone during the entrances. Um, the ending came with uh, Angel Garza. Something happened, and Zelina was up on the apron, and she got knocked down. Um, Andrade went to check on her because apparently like, he cares now. Remember a couple months ago, he totally didn't care. He even used her uh, getting hit to get a win. But apparently now he does care. And uh, so... Angel Garza goes for the tag, but he's no one there. There's no one there, and he's he's holds his hands out. And he's like, "Where is everybody? I don't know where they are." Uh, he gets double teamed by the Street Profits, and they win clean. There you go. Okay, oh, uh, Kevin Owens is out there, by the way, for some reason. Like he yeah, came like, out, and I'm like, "Why is he out?" No there? reason. Like he should be there for the Seth Rollins match or something. Yeah, he was just there, and he said, "Oh, Alistair Black's going to be on the KO show on Raw tomorrow." There you go. That's what happened. Uh, no DQ loser leaves WWE. Sonny Deville versus Mandy Rose. Uh, the rumor is that Sonny Deville was advised by her lawyer to not cut her hair, which makes sense um, if you're looking at law just because of the way psychologically things work. It's, I Again, I'm not making an opinion on it. I'm just telling you the science behind it and the reason lawyers do that kind of stuff. So she was told not to cut her hair, not to shave her head. Um... So the short version is, this match was fine, but I will not say a darn bad word about this because Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville went out there. They worked their absolute butts off after an absolutely traumatic experience that the two of these ladies had to go through earlier in the week. A traumatic experience. And they said, screw this guy. He is absolutely not stealing our moment. So they had a pretty solid little match for what it was. And at the end, my only complaint is Mandy Rose hit Sonny Deville with like two or three of her knee strikes. Uh, After the pin, Deville basically got up immediately and sold the, oh no, I can't believe I'm having to leave WWE. Of course, she'll come back probably in November when there's another draft. But you know what? Even though I don't necessarily love this writing, I 100% will give it a pass because these two ladies deserve it. Yeah, this is like the one time that I would be like, you know what? I know you said that you're gone forever. But it's okay. Come on back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
Nope. This is a Shane McMahon thing where we definitely don't want to see him back if he came <laughs> back. Like this is, it was, this is fine. She needed to be written off TV. Loser leaves WWE might be a little too harsh. And this, again, Kyle was messaging us and he had a couple ways that it would have been done better than this. But the reality is they had a week to deal with this. So good for them. Um, I do, I do want to point out after the match, Otis came running down with his with his briefcase, and I haven't seen the briefcase in forever. And I'm like, what in the world? Like, what is he? Is he he's here to cash in? Like, I don't know what's happening. But yeah, it was it was fine. Mandy Rose did the worm. She did not do a good job, but we got that cool John Cena meme out of it. So hey, yeah, it was terrific. Check out our Facebook if you want to see it. Uh, Dominic Mysterio versus Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins comes out in 1997 Rey Mysterio Halloween oh, Havoc gear. Best, I loved that. It was so good. And I always pick on Seth Rollins, and for good reason, because, oh my gosh. But it was just great. It was just so good. I'm telling you, he's a good heel. He's just bad when he's a face. I think he's a great wrestler uh, who is just ridiculously overscripted. And uh, he's a company man, so people don't like him for it. He's good. He's a great wrestler, and he's a, he's a he's a good heel. He's just it's just poor writing that is not helping the him. Biggest shine. fault to me is he's a giant dweeb on social media. He is dweeb, yes. <laughs> uh, Buddy Murphy was also wearing the colors that uh, Seth Rollins was wearing when he beats, I believe it was John Cena at SummerSlam. So that was cool. Uh, Rey Mysterio and Dominic came out. Dominic's gear was very cool. His music is cool. Um, he was not wearing a mask, but his he was wearing a hoodie, and the head part of the hoodie was shaped after his father's mask. And it's it really cool. Consistently got in his way. It did. I feel yeah, like that's but, probably the last time he wore that hoodie. I don't know, man. Oh, no, he it wore it really wrong. Cool. Oh. Yeah, it looked great. It looked great, but like he was having to adjust the entire match. He's like, man, just take it off. Like I put like a zipper on the hood. Like wear the hood in the entrance. <laughs> Unzip the hood. Take it off. I don't know. Yeah, I understand that, but. This this was a very interesting match, and Dominic absolutely killed it, just like Pat McAfee did. Um, he looked solid in the ring. Of course, Seth Rollins, one of the greatest wrestlers currently. Um, but the reality is Dominic never looked lost, and that's really all you can ask for in someone that's having literally their very first televised match, and it's at WWE's second biggest pay-per-view of, of the year. Yeah, I was impressed by this match. Yeah. I was also impressed by the Pat McAfee match. Um, anybody else they want to have a first match with? I mean, I mean, come on, they're doing, they're on a roll. Well, I'll do it. Well, let's, let's bring Shaquille O'Neal in. Yeah, I'm in. Let's do it. Shaquille O'Neal versus the Big Show. Um, I'm not going to go over every single spot in this match, but I do want to go over the ending. Um, at one point, uh, Mama Mysterio comes down the ring or starts to come down the ramp, and Ray runs up the ramp and goes, no, no, Mama Mysterio, you can't come to this ring. You have to let Dominic be a man. And, of course, at this point, Buddy Murphy, who has not done anything but hand uh, Seth Rollins' weapons all the, ma the whole match, decides, well, it's a good time to get in. So they double-team Dominic, and Mama Mysterio, being the greatest mom in the world, doesn't go, oh, you need to go help our son. She just continues to distract Ray Mysterio, because... Bad writing, I guess. Yeah. This match was a little too much for me. I think yeah. the, the work of the match was very good, uh, very surprising. But the booking in the match was – it was overdone. And, man, some of it was kind of rough too. Like, 
I don't know, you'll get into it. But Yeah. But they, they beat the crap out of each other. But at this point, it was two on one. Uh, Rey Mysterio sees what's happening. He comes in the ring. Uh, Dominic's already down, so they double-team Rey Mysterio. They wind up handcuffing. They tried to handcuff Dom, but they couldn't get to him. So they handcuff Rey to the bottom rope, so he is outside of the ring, and even though he's handcuffed to, I believe, the bottom rope, he's so short, his arms are straight up. And they decide, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go attack Mama Mysterio. So Seth turns to Mama Mysterio, and Dominic makes the big save, because that's what he needs, I suppose. And they're not going to have a man beat a woman on TV. That is true. So he takes out his little buddy Murphy. Then he destroys Seth Rollins. Uh, They get back into the ring, and Seth Rollins takes control. He sets down a chair in the middle of the ring as Dominic is, like, dead in the ring. And he's staring at Rey Mysterio, and he says, this is your fault. He goes off the rope, uses the chair to jump, and hits a huge curb stomp on Dominic as Rey is reaching for him, but he just can't do it. Seth Rollins counts to three, grabs the key, puts it on Dominic's lifeless body. And he and his little buddy Murphy now decide to leave. Mom Mysterio is nowhere to be found. So I guess she thought, you know what? They got this. As her husband is getting uh, handcuffed to ropes and her son is getting his face stomped to the floor. That, again, nothing against Mama Mysterio. She did just fine. But very poor writing, uh, nonsensical, didn't make any sense. But uh, yeah, after that was over, Dom gets up. He unhooks Rey Mysterio from the rope. They give each other a big embrace. Ray says he's proud of Dom. And then we move on. Yeah. So it was fun. It was it was a well worked match. The booking was questionable, my opinion. I think questionable is a kind word. Okay, the, the booking was bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't great. Uh, Oscar versus Sasha Banks was next, and this match was terrific. There was one spot where I was literally afraid for Asuka's life. And I know that I'm very, I speak in hyperbole a lot. But literally, guys, if you didn't see it, Sasha Banks did a powerbomb. They were both on the apron, and she did a front flip powerbomb and powerbombed Asuka to the outside. This was not what you like to call a safe bump. Asuka's head bounced off the floor. I exclaimed, OMG. I was, I, I literally thought, that's it. She's done for the evening. She has a concussion. Take her home. She needs to rest. That was, no. Yeah, that was the roughest spot I've seen in quite some time. In a long time. Now, Sasha Banks rolls her into the ring, puts her in the corner, and kicks her in the face. And I don't mean a work kick. She shoot kicked her in the face hard. And I said, no, Sasha, please don't do that. Asuka already has a concussion. But Asuka finished the match. Apparently she either does not have a concussion or she's one of the toughest women I've ever seen in my life. Toughest people, toughest person I've ever seen in my life. Um, This match was great because at the end, Bailey. Now, first of all, I want to say the way the commentators sold it was miserably stupid. But I do want to say that at the end, uh, Bailey was up on the apron. It was the exact same spot from earlier. Asuka went to hip attack Sasha, who moved out of the way, and Bailey also moved out of the way. And the commentators sold this like, can you believe Bailey wouldn't take the bullet for Sasha? 
but let me explain to you what happened. Bailey moved out of the way, and then Oscar gets up and punches her in the face. I'm like, well, it's not that. It should, Bailey's just smart. Bailey just moved. Like, I don't understand how that can be construed as not being willing to take a bullet for your friend because just because it worked earlier doesn't mean it's going to work now. Matter of fact, it means it probably doesn't because Asuka now knows the trick. Yeah, like, so tried. It was what it looked like to me. I don't know. This, yes. that, the decision on how they went with this is kind of dumb. Yeah, absolutely. Well, everything that Sasha and Bailey, who have, have been two of the very best performers in the COVID era, I mean, just stellar. Everything that they have done personally, not the stories, personally has been terrific. Sasha Banks was wearing uh, clothes that were an homage to the NXT match that her and Bailey had. Um, it, it was like five years to the day, six years to the day when it happened. Uh, Bailey was not doing the same for Sasha. So, really cool little spot. Uh, but Oscar got the win, I guess, because Bailey decided not to take a hip attack. That made no sense. And the commentators would not. Stop talking about it. And it's just everything that's so- everything been happening in Sasha and Bailey's storylines. They've just been so stupid. Just disqualifications, uh, attack someone that's not in the match and ring the bell. It's just get winning a title for a 10 count. I mean, come on. They're too good for this, guys. Yeah, and uh, also, like they mentioned it in Raw a couple times this week. They just keep harping on it. And it's like, okay, I feel like... I almost feel like they screwed up. Like this is how how yeah. it was. This is not how it's supposed to go. At that point, don't go back to it. But I mean, it's it doesn't make any sense. Right, it doesn't make any sense at all. No, not at all. So next, we get McIntyre versus Orton. McIntyre and Orton is good. Uh, it is a slow paced match. If you like Randy Orton, you will love this match. If you don't like Randy Orton, you will hate this match. I like Randy Orton. I think his slow-paced matches are methodical and fun to watch. Uh, and Yes, I know, guys. I understand. I loved it. There was one spot at the end that was terrific. You, They were going back and forth, and literally, you don't know who... You, this, you know this is in the match. And McIntyre goes in for a Claymore and misses, but he doesn't like lift his leg and keep his footing. He falls flat on his back. He gets up immediately, and Orton goes for the RKO. He gets pushed back. And then Drew, so a couple more things happen. But Drew, no, he okay, here's what happens. Drew ducked a second RKO. Sorry, guys. Ducked a second RKO, and then did a backslide to Randy Orton and got the win. A lot of people are complaining about this. And if it would have happened, they, like, this ending was terrific. It's just that in WWE, you get, we've had like 70 roll-ups since March. 70. So that's the issue with the backslide pin. A backslide pin is fine. No issue. It's going to continue the feud on. 100%. We knew it was going to happen then. After watching Raw, we've seen it's going to continue. But the reality is, because WWE does this crap all the freaking time, everyone complains about it. So even though the ending was fine, it wasn't fine in WWE land because they always friggin' do this. The match was good. Yeah, I think this may be, I mean, there's not a whole lot to compare it to. Probably the best match of Drew's reign. I mean, there's yeah. not a whole lot to compare it to, but I thought it was a pretty good match. Uh, the backslide pins, it's, eh, whatever. I think it's interesting that Drew can harp on the fact that he actually beat him with a wrestling maneuver and not with a claymore yep. kick. Um, so that's, eh, I don't know. Um, but yeah, the, the, 
I mean, you'll never see it coming. This is the only thing we didn't see coming for the night. <laughs> so, yeah, that's true. We predicted every single ever the one. Uh, speaking of the Fiend versus Braun Strowman, this match was just fine. It was monster versus monster. Um, the important spot is Braun Strowman decides to take a box cutter, and I'm like, oh my god, yeah. he's going to stab the Fiend. Well, when he, I think you said that too. Well, no, when he, when I saw it, there were two box cutters on the ground, right? And so yeah. he picked one up and then put it back and then picked the other one up. So I told Riley, I was like, oh, that's a gimmicked box cutter. He's right. going to do something. This is crazy. So I expected him to, like, I don't know, have fake blood or something and, and tear up the fiend. But yeah. no, it was a real box cutter. So I don't know what the problem was with the other one. It just wasn't the one he wanted. I actually own that box cutter that he used. Is it a good one? It's a good one. It's a DeWalt. It's the, I had the exact same one. I bought it from Home Depot. Shout out to Home Depot advertising our show. <laughs> uh, we'll sell your box cutters for you. Yeah, they got a box cutter, and I'm like, where is this going? But, yeah, you, you can continue, sorry. So he cut up the ring, pulled up the mat, and revealed the wood. Uh, Braun Strowman is an idiot because he then gets Sister Abigail onto the wood twice, I believe. Well, the wrestling rule is if you set up the table, you're getting put through it. Exactly, exactly. Um, and they, they did fight a little, you know, it was falls come anywhere and they did go backstage a little bit, not much, but fine. Uh, the fiend defeats Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt will go down in history. In my opinion, as one of the worst, not the worst, but one of the worst, uh, world heavyweight champions. And yeah, what did I I say? Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Braun Strowman will go down as one of the worst world heavyweight champions in, in history. I agree. He's towards the top. Yeah, it was miserable. It was terrible. I will say, though, Braun Strowman is freaking jacked. He is. Like, he's been putting in some work because it, sometimes, you know, he's just a big guy. But, like, this this was, like, a legitimate, like, scary-looking dude. I mean, yeah, even more so than Big old man. He's a big man. Um, after he gets the pin, he immediately turns around and gets speared. I'm like, who is this guy that is attacking Bray Wyatt? It is Roman Reigns who does not have a shield vest on. Yeah, he's got a t-shirt on. Yeah, what did that t-shirt say? Uh, like, walk in, wreck stuff, and leave, or something like that. Yeah, wreck everyone and leave. Yeah. So, he got his spears, Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt stays down. He goes outside. He destroys Braun Strowman, and he yells, You are nothing without me. You're not a monster if I'm not here. I made you. He goes back inside to Bray Wyatt, and then he says, uh, uh, You're nothing but a pretender. You're nothing but a clown in a mask. I'm the champion. Grabs the title, holds it above his head. Roman Reigns stands tall. This is the most I've liked Roman Reigns ever. A lot of people are saying it's a heel turn. It is not. Remember, face Roman Reigns, ran over Braun Strowman with a truck. So, so what is? So I don't know the history between Roman Reigns. What does he mean by he made Braun Strowman? I don't understand that. Thought Bray Wyatt. They had that really big. They had that really big feud. Uh, that was so last year in Hell in a Cell, not the Seth Rollins Bray Wyatt one. The one before that uh, also had a screwy ending because. Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman were fighting in the cell because they had this long-standing feud. Uh, Brock Lesnar came and attacked both of them, and they threw the match out. Okay. Well, so, yes. But the two of them had this long feud. Um, it was supposedly very good. I don't know. I, I did not watch it. I didn't watch it either. So, yeah. Um, so that is how SummerSlam ended. Now, if next week at Payback, which we're going we're gonna to do Payback predictions, if next week at Payback... Roman Reigns, who is now in a triple threat with Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman, if he wins that title, we're switching to NXT and AEW. God, I hope he, I'm saying it right I hope now. he wins the title. 
And uh, if <laughs> if Kyle wants to do Raw and SmackDown when he gets back, that's fine. But if Roman Reigns wins it, I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah, I had to review Raw this week, so <laughs> I really hope that Roman Reigns wins that title. Yeah. Let's grade SummerSlam. What did you think? Uh, on the WWE pay-per-view scale, I don't know, like a B. Yeah, a B is a perfect, perfect thing for the for this. Yeah, I'm pretty good. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> Professional. I do this for a living. It was it was really good. I had fun. Yeah, I enjoyed... I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. Actually, yeah, yeah, I legitimately enjoyed it. Uh, both Oscar matches were terrific. Oh yeah, so, I mean, Oscar exceptional. Yeah, and of course Bailey and Sasha also terrific. So yeah. yeah, there you go. Good stuff. That's right. It was great. Now, uh, speaking of good stuff, nope. Not speaking. I'm just kidding. Speaking of the opposite <laughs> of good things. WWE Monday Night Raw and. Go. So I watched Raw this week, and actually, I thought, I thought somebody else would be reviewing Raw this week. I didn't watch it just because I thought I was going to review it. I watched it because I was number one home and didn't have anything to do, uh, and I saw that Keith Lee was going to debut, and I really like Keith Lee. Of course. So I watched it, and and things happened, and I'm not going to watch it next week. So take take with that as you will. Uh, to start off the show, we had some good stuff. We had Drew McIntyre coming out, and uh, he's announcing this is you know the first Raw in the Thunderdome, and he got the first bit of audience interaction in the Thunderdome. He got everybody to give him a little thumbs up, which is kind of cool because like five seconds later, everybody stuck their thumbs up. Yeah, it was all a little yeah, delayed, a little delayed but it was cool to see actual interaction between fans and talent. You don't, I mean, you don't see that. Uh, you'll see that Thursday because you'll see Matt in the audience uh, there somewhere. Uh, AEW. And let us know what kind of shirt you're wearing, so we can point you out. You got it. I'll do it. Uh, but yeah, so that was that was pretty nice. He uh, he's talking about Orton, and uh, he says that Orton called himself the best wrestler ever, and he beat him with a wrestling move. So what does that make him? I guess it makes McIntyre the greatest wrestler ever. He said he'd gladly face Orton again, so he can kick his head off. And he walks up the ramp, and out comes the Viper. He attacks him from behind. The, the they brawl to the backstage area, which is weird because like they go into Gorilla and nobody's there. And, like anybody that knows Vince McMahon knows that Vince McMahon is in Gorilla every single every time. single yeah. time. And like as they're going to Gorilla, you can see someone like scuttle into the background, uh, but there was nobody there. It was weird. So uh, yeah, basically Orton kicks Drew's head off twice. Uh, he punts him twice. So Drew is like knocked out. The officials separate the two. Um, Drew has, is like, got a concussion, it appears. He's saying that he's fine. He's, he like stumbles up and like stumbles down the hall, but he, he stood up after two punts, which is pretty impressive. So what does that say about Drew McIntyre? Uh, after that, Nia Jax is backstage with cotton candy hair. Um, why? I don't know. Uh, she's <laughs> suspended and, uh, but she's not. What's her face? She's not Charlotte Cruz. The other there's there's a there's a girl there interviewing her. And she's Sarah, like, uh, maybe Sarah. And she's like, "Hey, you're suspended." And Nia's like, "Well, that's rude." And she's like, "Well, you are. So why are you here?" And she says, "Oh, well, I apologize to Pat Buck, and he reinstated me." And that's not how suspensions work. Nope. You can't just say you're sorry and get back in. This is not preschool. I mean, you don't get a piece of candy for apologizing. It's not whatever. So out comes Shayna Baszler. She calls Nia some nasty names, compared her to Haystacks Calhoun. I didn't know who that was. 
but she said Haystacks was better looking. I looked it up, and I will say Nijax is better looking than Haystacks Calhoun. So, <laughs> I mean, it's not saying much, but I will say she is. Uh, Nijax and Shayna get into it. Uh, and then they have Sasha Banks and Bailey making their entrance to the ring. And uh, Bailey is facing Shayna for some reason. Uh, the match starts. Out comes Nia Jax because we can see where this is going. The match gets halfway through, and Nia Jax attacks Shayna. It's a DQ. This is WWE. So one for one so far. And uh, so Nia Jax just came out and attacked Shayna. They had some bad words before the match, okay? Where would you think this is heading? I would think that uh, Nia Jax versus Shayna Baszler is going to happen. Yeah, you would think that's the natural progression. Uh, At payback, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler are going to tag against Sasha Banks and Bayley. And why is that, Micah? I don't know. I watched it. (laughs) I can't figure it out. I guess Sasha and Bayley were laughing at Nia and Shayna fighting. And instead of fighting the person that's just attacked you, I guess it's a bigger... Uh, upset to them that someone laughed at them, so they joined forces and they start running after Sasha and Bailey. I, that doesn't make any sense. That's the dumbest thing I've seen, and I've seen a lot of dumb things on WWE. So yeah, you've got Nia and Shayna. I don't know. I'm like an hour into the show at this point. Not even like 45 minutes. It's the first match. I'm already done. After that, you had some. Some goodness. Uh, Kevin Owens is backstage. He's looking for Aleister Black's room. Uh, he mentions that Aleister Black's been gone for a while, which I thought was kind of funny. And uh, he finds a room with no lights on. And he's like, hey, Aleister, come on. We got we got the KO show. And Aleister, like, sticks his hand out, closes the door. So he got the KO show. Out comes Aleister Black doing his best solid snake impression. He's got the eye patch. Looks pretty great, if I'm being honest. It's a pretty cool look for him. Uh, yeah, so they're saying this is the first KO show in the Thunderdome. Uh, Aleister Black is sitting there, and, and, he's, and KO's like, oh, well, let's let's look back at, uh, uh, or let's talk about your injury in your eye. And Aleister's like, oh, just show him, you show him, just show him. I know this is what you're going to do. You're going to pull it up on the Titantron. You're going to show everybody me getting it. Just go ahead and show him. And KO's like, no, we don't have to. He's like, no, go ahead and do it. So they did it. And uh, that made that made him mad. It made Aleister Black mad. I mean, he gave his permission. How dare he? He gave his permission. I don't know why he's so mad. Uh, but yeah, he, uh, Kevin Owens like goes to console Aleister Black and he elbows him in the face and then Black masses him. So I guess Aleister Black is a heel now and I'm okay with that because hopefully that will lead to Aleister Black versus Drew McIntyre. I'm all for it. Probably not going to happen. We're probably going to get like Aleister Black versus Mon- like, uh, I don't know, like Akira Tozawa or something. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, a, a boy can hope. Uh, after that, you see Sasha and Bailey backstage. They're saying they were avoiding Shayna and Nia's drama because Sasha needs to focus on winning her Raw Women's Championship back later tonight because, I don't know if you know this, but they don't do uh, redos anymore in WWE, only yeah. for every time. Every single time. Uh, it's really annoying. Uh, after that, you have Randy Orton coming to the ring to cut a promo. He does a great job. He's he's really good. I mean, I've really been enjoying... Like, there's two things that I enjoyed about this Raw. Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre. That's pretty much it, but I enjoyed them. 
Uh, I mean, Randy Orton said you can call him a lot of things, but he's a man of his word. He is the legend killer, and he's going to do what he said. He's going to RKO Drew and take the title off of him. Uh, yeah, really good, really good promo by Randy. And he's cutting his promo. He's talking about Drew. And what do you hear? But bask in his glory, followed by the most generic entrance music you've ever heard. And you're like, what? Keith Lee is known for his banger of an entrance theme. And it's funny because, like, they said bask in his glory for he is limitless. Bask in his glory. And then it faded out and the generic music faded in. Yeah. It was like... They didn't even mix it, it right. like SmackDown versus Raw generic music. Yeah. It was awful. Really bad. I mean, they had to have known Keith Lee was going to make this entrance for a while. They're said because they change companies that does their entrance theme. They don't want to pay royalties to the other company. So they're trying to get rid of the old themes that are like that. Hopefully Roman Reigns is one of them, by the way. I'd like to see him with a new theme. But, uh, yeah, so Keith Lee's got this generic music. He's got some new gear on. Looks bad, in my opinion. Um, but he's still Keith Lee. He comes out, and uh, he gets a pretty good promo on Randy. And basically says that, you know, he wants to start out raw, his raw career. And my problem with how they bring up these NXT guys, they make it act like they've never wrestled before. Keith Lee yeah. was the only, I guess, undisputed champ of NXT. He was just the NXT championship, like two nights, or the champion two nights ago, and they coming in there acting like he's never wrestled before. Yeah, made no sense. It doesn't make any sense. They did the same thing with Matt Riddle. I mean, they did it a little bit different because he's a UFC fighter or whatever, but it's just like, oh, this is a new guy that's never wore shoes before, and he's on a wrestling show now. I don't get it. I can understand, like, if you're a big NXT fan, how this would really bother you. I'm a big Keith Lee fan. It bothers me. But you know what? He's going to have a match against Randy Orton on his first night, so you can't complain too much. Oh, wait. The match ended in DQ. Spoiler alert. <laughs> let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves. You're backstage. You've got Charlie and Zelina arguing with Angel Garza and that girl from The Bachelor. Charlie asks Zena if she's Zena, Zelina if she's going to admit to poisoning Montez Ford. They've got all kinds of footage and everything proving it. And Angel says that Zelina is just upset because she got caught. And Zelina's like, what? No, don't say that. <laughs> and uh, it's, I don't know, this is a weird little segment. And Angel asks Demi, the girl from The Bachelor, if she's busy and says that she should join him to the ring. She said that she's been busy talking with Ivar over the weekend. And uh, Angel invites her to come watch his next match. So you had Garza versus Montez Ford. Uh, this was probably... I mean, it was a match. It was a decent match, I guess. I'm just saying, like, how long have Garza and Ford and and Andrade, how long have these guys been feuding? It feels like forever. It feels like a long time. I mean, it's, yeah. it seems like since the beginning of the pandemic shows, these guys have been wrestling. Yeah, but they haven't, but it feels that way. I mean, I don't know. It's, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's, it's, it's there's been some sort of interaction between them. Their group... And the Street Profits or the Viking Raiders. I don't know. It's really annoying how they they have these tag teams. They have all these talented tag teams. And they'll just have, like, one of the tag teammates in a singles match against one of the tag teammates. And the other one in a singles match. And they'll have a tag team match. And then another singles match with one of the members. It's like, why don't you just have your tag teams in tag team matches? Why don't you just do that? Seems like a good idea. Makes sense. I don't know. That's annoying. But, yeah, during the match, Ivar comes down and offers Demi a turkey leg. And yes, a turkey leg. they leave together. 
and Montez Ford beats Garza. I think it was a roll-up. Turkey leg. I don't know for sure. A turkey leg. A turkey leg. A turkey leg. Turkey leg. <sighs> turkey leg. I can't. <laughs> I mean, I think I would have lost my mind if I watched this show. You're being very calm and patient. Uh, I mean, I just don't care. So if I cared, yeah. it, may, it may be different. But, uh, yeah. I mean, I have nothing invested in this show. <sighs> Sorry, guys. It's just the way it is. Uh, after that, uh, turkey leg. Naya approaches <laughs> Shayna and says she wasn't thrilled by the idea before, but thinks that if they team together, they can win the tag team titles at Payback. Are you kidding me? They're just attacking each other. And now they're friends. I don't... I don't understand this yep. stupid show. <laughs> uh, they're going to win the titles off of Bailey and Sasha. Watch it. I mean, like, why wouldn't... they have? They have tag teams on the... They have the Iconics. Why aren't the Iconics winning the Tag Team Championships? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, that's right, because they're busy losing. You cut backstage, and you have two of the most talented men on the roster, Cedric and Ricochet, and they're being doofuses. They're uh, they're using the arm wrestling machine to do an arm wrestle match, I guess. I don't know. And, and Mark Henry comes back and goes, hey, guys, I, I'm going to need this for... The arm wrestling match. Yeah, we're having an arm wrestling match on Monday Night Raw, by the way. MVP comes out. He tells Cedric Alexander about how much of a goober he is. Can't believe he's not trying to win back the 24-7 title. Because, yeah, that'll bring some prestige to him. And instead of palling around with this dweeb ricochet, like, yeah, how dare anybody pal around with the best wrestler on your roster? Yep. But he's booked as a dweeb, so he is a dweeb. That's the way it works. Okay, well, you're, 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 you're riling me up now. You're riling me up. <laughs> now you've got the arm wrestling competition. Mark Henry's there. Uh, Apollo Crews is there. Bobby Lashley's there. Apollo Crews beats Bobby Lashley in an arm wrestling competition in about three seconds. Wait, did you skip the six-woman tag? Mm. Mm. Iconics and Selena Vega versus Liv, Ruby, and Bianca? Yeah, there was, a, there was an Iconics match. With Zelina? Yeah, Bianca Belair pinned Zelina Vega. There you go. Yeah, the whole match was to say, hey, we still have Bianca Belair, even though I haven't done anything with her. Yeah. Oh, you skipped the 24-7 Fatal 4-Way as well. Kurt is all one. There you go. Please stop these 24-7 matches. We don't want matches for the 24-7 title. So dumb. And if you can't find good, entertaining backstage uh, segments, toss the title. It's ugly. It's stupid. It's so it's ugly. Boring. It's so yeah. ugly. Yeah, get rid of it. It's like, seriously, Raw needs to be two hours. They don't have three hours of content. They had an arm wrestling competition. They did. Tell us about it. There was nothing to tell. Apollo Crews and Bobby Lashley came out and Apollo Crews beat him. Well, Apollo Crews beat him because he stomped on Mark on uh, Bobby Lashley's foot. And Mark Henry's like, that seems fair. <laughs> like, that's exactly what happened. I didn't even notice that, to be honest with you. I was paying so little attention. Yeah. Uh so yeah, now we got Apollo Cruz versus Lashley at Payback, I guess. Lashley's gonna win, right? I uh, hope so. I don't know. Maybe Apollo Cruz will disqualify himself or something, something, and draw this feud out for another three years. That this is possible. <laughs> Watch it happen. It's gonna, it's gonna happen. That's my that's my prediction. Uh, Charlie's backstage interviewing the Mysterio family. She asks Ray how he's feeling after seeing Dominic get his butt whooped. Um, he says he's proud of his son. He couldn't ask for more from Dominic. He could have asked for him to win. He could have asked for that. 
but whatever. Uh, she asked Dominic if he was nervous, and he admits he was terrified, but he had his family in his corner, and he knew he could do anything, except for win. Couldn't win. Uh, Ray says his family gives each other strength, and someday Seth will have a family and understand what they went through. <sighs> okay. Um, <laughs> they're having a tag match tonight. That's what it boils down to. Ray and Dominic versus Seth and Buddy. Um, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see Ray and Dominic in the ring together. That's something I know they've looked forward to for a long time. I really like this. Dominic's another reason I watched the show tonight. I'm a huge Ray Mysterio Mark, and I was excited to see Dominic's teaming up with him. That sounds really cool. So we'll get to that later. Um, Lana and Natalia are in the ring, and they call. So first of all, they call themselves the Boats, which is the best of all time. Uh-huh. It makes me want to vomit when they say that. It's so annoying. It does a great job. It's great heel heat. So they say that, you know, they're Hall of Fame talent. And tonight they're inducting Mickey James into the Hall of Fame because she's a real trail blazer, but tonight her trail ends. So they cut to the screen and they're like, let's let's have let's have a recap of all of the high points of Mickey James' career. And it's just blank. And they're like, Oh, you didn't have any high points. And then Mickey James runs out and attack him and attacks them. Uh, okay. Why is Mickey James here? What, what if I were one of the best people in their division's history, which I believe Mickey James is, yes, and I came back and was treated this way, you know what I'll do? What I'll quit and go to AEW or Impact, where I was actually treated like a talent. I mean, this is ridiculous. <sighs> Bobby Lashley tells Shane he wants to fight in Underground. Okay. He does. He beats some people. He almost kills Dolph Ziggler. He threw him outside the ring into a chair. Oh my gosh. Riley was watching this with me. She was like, I think he's actually injured. I, I don't think that was supposed to happen. He literally like ragdolled him out of the ring. He hit his head on a chair. It did seem like the segment was abruptly cut short after that. So entirely possible Dolph got injured. We haven't heard any reports. It's not live though, so I, I don't think so. <sighs> Looked rough. Looked real rough. Hmm. Um... After that, Drew McIntyre is getting interviewed. He said he's happy for his friend Keith Lee, but he doesn't need him fighting his battles for him. Uh, when asked how he feels about being punted, he said he doesn't feel good about Orton trying to end his career, obviously, as you wouldn't. And Orton attacks him from behind and punts him again. So he's been third punted three times tonight. Maybe that's foreshadowing. Maybe that's how many times it'll take him to actually win Uh the match whenever they inevitably have a match, if they ever have a match, because apparently Drew McIntyre's got brain damage. That's right. Drew, uh, Charlie Caruso is getting interviewed in the trainer's room, or is giving an interview in the trainer's room, I guess, getting an update from the doctors. And they're saying that Drew McIntyre has suffered a skull fracture and a potentially career-ending injury. What are the odds he's back in two weeks? Uh, Pretty good. Jeez. I don't know. We were talking earlier before the show. Cody's actually said that he's going to be off the air for quite some time after the beating he faced on AEW. That's good. That's the way you should be because he looked like he got murdered, right? He's got some other stuff he needs to do. He's an EVP. He can afford to be off the screen for a little while. Okay, you don't want your champion to be off the screen for too long. I get that. No. But if you don't well, want your... Unless champion is Brock Lesnar. Yeah, true. 
or Goldberg, if you don't want your champion off of the screen for too long, why do you say that he's got a skull fracture and potential like brain damage? Why would you even write that? Okay, so the whole point of this is so that Keith Lee and Randy Orton can have a match at, at payback. That's the whole point of all of this. Yep. It's worth mentioning, I don't know if you've noticed, the entire script for the show was written in 30 minutes. Yeah. Vincent, Vincent Kennedy McMahon came in, tore up the script 30 minutes before the show, and said, oh, no, I'm doing it all again. I can do it better. The script wasn't finished until 9 p.m., which is an hour into the show. How did they do – like, Tony Tony Khan is running shows off of scribbled notebook paper from when he was eight years old. Yep. That's how long-term his booking is. And the <laughs> That's long The biggest term. wrestling company in the world is writing shows during the show. Yeah. They've been doing this for no 40 years, 50 years. How long has this WWE been around? A little over 40 years. It's ridiculous. This is unacceptable. So Drew is loaded into an ambulance. Uh, Fog fills the ambulance. It turns red. He comes out. He's in the fiend mask. No, that doesn't happen. Uh, he's he's transported to a local medical facility because he has brain damage. Um, Keith Lee is interviewed. He says that Drew is tough, so he knows he'll be okay. But the same can't be said for Randy Orton. I skipped over the entire Keith Lee match. I know I mentioned it, but yeah, Drew McIntyre interrupted, attacked Randy Orton, and DQ'd him. So, yep. Welcome, yep. welcome to the main card, Keith Lee. This is what happens. Yep. So you're back in Raw Underground. Lashley's facing Cedric Alexander. He puts him in an armbar. Uh, he wins. Ivar attacks Lashley, causes Shelton to get involved, get Ivar off of him. Lashley locks Ivar into a Kimura, gets the win. Shane says, wow, the Hurt Business is booming. This is crazy what's going on in Raw Underground. <laughs> in about that same tone, actually. Two, it just sounds so boring. Two more weeks before Raw Underground's off. That's what I would give it. Two Okay. So, the final match. Ray and Dominic versus Seth and Buddy. Nope. You're skipping a couple things. I don't know. Uh, what? It doesn't matter. <laughs> and a Lumberjill match. A, a, a Lumberjill match? Yeah. Uh, that that did happen, too. Um, yeah, Asuka and Sasha, they're in a Lumberjack match for some reason. It's a re, re, rematch from what just happened. I don't like when they do instant rematches like this. Yeah, it's miserable. Um, they're playing over the whole, oh, Bailey wasn't willing to help Sasha. Like, Stupid person. She did the same thing Sasha did. It just didn't work. Asuka made Sasha tap. At this point, if you're Sasha, do you think, why am I here? She's never successfully defended a title. She's now tapped multiple times in the past few weeks. <sighs> like, why, why is she here? She's one of the best female wrestlers in the world. Do they have something against Sasha? Is she a terrible person backstage? I don't know. Apparently, she's a sweetheart. Yeah, they treat her terribly, man. Like, Asuka is, in my opinion, one of the top female wrestlers of all time. Yeah. But so is Sasha. Yeah. Why would you have her lose again? Just move on. She doesn't need to lose again. So that's dumb. Uh, then you had the Ray and Dominic match. I may be skipping over this. Yes. 
It was Ray and Dominic versus Seth and, and Buddy. It was actually a pretty good match. Uh, you had them set up for the double six one nine. It didn't work. Uh, really cool. Some really cool moments, but it didn't matter because Retribution in, interrupted the match. Retribution picked up Rey Mysterio, threw him like a lawn dart into the ring post again. Uh, and and Seth and and Buddy are at the ramp, and they're just watching. So. I guess Retribution doesn't care about heels. Maybe that's you know, all heels are friends. I guess maybe they're they're teasing that Seth and and Buddy are part of Retribution, which would be dumb. But yeah, so you got to think back when SmackDown had some of their faces attacked. The entire locker room emptied and came to their aid when one of the most like legendary wrestlers of all time and his son are getting destroyed in the ring. Everybody's like, glad that wasn't me. What? Yep. The show is stupid. The show is dumb. <laughs> I'm not going to get it an F. I'm going to give it a D minus. Okay. Just to be realistic. Because up until the end, this match was actually pretty good. And I was glad to see Ray and Dominic together. But man, I, after SummerSlam, I was like, okay, I'll watch Raw. This has got me kind of excited. You know, the Thunderdome and everything. It's it's definitely brought some viewers back in. Not again. Not happening again. Not doing it. If uh, if I have to review Raw again, Raw's not getting reviewed. That's, that's, all, that's all there is to it. This was just not enjoyable. It was a waste of three hours. It's like WWE disrespects my time by having this on TV. Right. It's a... This entire show was a waste of time. Correct. I don't know. That's that's one thing. I I guess I'm so loyal to AEW because they've got two hours. They fill it up. They respect my time. They do a good job with it. It's like WWE insults their audience when they put out a product like this. Yep. Uh, Someone in a group that a wrestling group that I'm in uh, mentioned to me that he believes. WWE is putting shows that are so bad out that people are watching them out of spite. <laughs> and he's a WWE fan. I mean, he's not a big he's not a big AEW guy. He's a WWE guy. I've heard the whole reason they're doing payback is because they want people to be burned out on wrestling before All Out. Yeah, don't want to watch three pay per views in a row. I tell you, I watched um, one episode of Raw and I'm burned out on wrestling. Yeah, it's a good thing I actually enjoy right. AEW, but yeah. Um, I'm not going to grade this because I didn't watch it, so I don't think it's fair. Be, but I do. You can just do, go on a limb and say it's probably a D minus. <laughs> yeah, no, there you go. Um, payback. There's been four matches announced, and I'm going to tell you guys, as we mentioned earlier, we are not doing a show uh, because WWE. If they don't spend their time promoting it, why should why should we promote it for them? So they obviously don't care about the pay per view. Why do we care? So there's been four matches announced. We're going to predict them real fast. Uh, Bray Wyatt versus Braun Strowman versus Roman Reigns. Micah, go ahead. Uh, Roman Reigns. Don't do that to me. I want him to do it because I don't want to watch Raw anymore. <laughs> I'm going to predict Bray Wyatt, and if it is Roman Reigns, I'm going to lose my... like. I've lost my mind before, but I might have to ask my beautiful, sweet, loving, caring wife to leave the house because I'm gonna, I, I will scream so loud. I need to call my neighbors and be like, "Look, if you hear me screaming for five minutes, it's okay. Nothing's wrong. Just having a conniption. It's fine." 
I want to pick Bray Wyatt. Uh, Women's Tag Team Championship, Bailey and Sasha versus Nia and Shayna. I feel like it's so dumb, it has to be Nia, Nia and Shayna. It's so dumb, yeah. it's what they're going to do. I also think it'll be Nia and Shayna. I, I don't think Sasha will leave pay, payback with any belts. Nia and Shayna wins. They'll lose it quickly. But yeah, Nia and Shayna. Uh, Apollo versus Bobby. I'm going to say that Apollo is going to maintain by DQ or some sort of shenanigans. Yeah, I think Bobby will win it here. I do. I think they've been you should. pointing toward that for a while. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, Randy Orton versus Keith Lee. Uh, Randy Orton's got to go over, right? I mean, he's... This will be one of those no contests. Mm, very true. That's what I think. WWE likes My doing opinion. that. Yeah. So anyway, there's your payback predictions. Um... We probably won't really get into reviewing it much either. To be honest, we'll, we'll, we might talk about it a little bit, but if Roman Reigns, um, it depends we'll on how good the show it is. If Roman Reigns wins, we'll talk about it. Oh yes, it'll yes, be the will. last time we talk about it. <laughs> oh my gosh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode one hundred and twenty-six of Wrestle Life Radio. That is a boatload of episodes. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. You have no idea how much we appreciate you. We hope you all have a wonderful day. But before we before we let you go, please follow us on social media. You can follow me at WrestleLifeMatt on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us all on Facebook and, and Instagram at WrestleLifeRadio and on Twitter at WrestleLifePod. And to correct myself, yes, Twitter and Instagram for me. Hashtag at WrestleLifeMatt, no hashtag. Boy, that was a, that was a I'm, I'm all over the place tonight. It is 10 friggin' 30. It is time for bed. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we really do appreciate you, and we appreciate Micah for watching Raw this week. You better. We hope you all have an absolutely wonderful day. Never again.